Welcome to the Vineyard Northridge Weekly Sermon Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message by our special guest speaker. For more information about our church, visit our website at vineyardnorthridge.org or find us on social media at Vineyard Northridge. I'm happy to be with you this morning. I've been uh, thinking about it um, for a little bit and just kind of wondering, why, why didn't we do this sooner? Um, seems kind of silly, and uh, I'm honestly really excited that Neil is at my church this morning, mostly uh, so that people can realize that he's not as great as he, they think he is. Um, <laughs> he told me that you guys really, really like his jokes. <laughs> uh, so... I'm anticipating that any jokes I give today will be met with much more warmth than what my church usually responds with, Uh, and I will let Neil know if that's not the case, and he will reprimand you, and you will probably not be intimidated by his reprimand. (laughs) No, I don't don't really have any jokes, but uh, I will say that my wife is not very happy with my humor. And specifically, uh, my uh, impressions. And she has demanded that I stop all impressions. And I said, okay, but not the pink flamingo. On that one, I I had to put my foot down. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Neil said that his joke last week was, there were a lot of groans. So that was probably a lot warmer than uh, what he got. So can't wait to brag to him about that. Well, uh, so as, uh, as Linda shared, I'm, I'm going to be kind of touching a little bit on uh, Brian Blount's book, which, by the way, um, I'm not really like the warm-up for him. It's more like he's coming to just kind of confirm some things that I say. Uh, so he's, he's like following me. He does that. He just follows me around. Uh, but before I actually jump into the look, listen, respond, there's something else that was actually on my heart that I wanted to share with you, just kind of in my own reflection on this book, and something that, that really I, I believe is that uh, the ministry of putting Jesus on display is the ministry of affection. It's the ministry of positioning people to experience the affection of the Father, and I believe, I know, that the Father is very affectionate. Um, so a couple of years ago, during winter, I uh, took a, a little personal retreat, and it was dark when I got there. It was a cabin out in the woods, and um, it was really cold. The heat had not been turned on, and uh, so I was freezing, you know, quickly turned the, the heat up in the cabin and started to warm up some water to, to have some tea. And I had noticed the fireplace when I walked in, so I'm like, sweet. And so I, I pulled up a chair once I had my tea, and I, I sat in front of the fireplace. And it was an electric fireplace, which is not as exciting, not as fancy, but, you know, it will at least offer some warmth. And uh, I just, I don't know about you, but I love just, like, pulling up a chair next to a fire. Like, it's just fabulous. I love, by the way, your fireplace downstairs. It's, like, one of my favorite places. Melissa, my wife, and I, we, we fight for the, the hearth whenever we come. But there's actually room for both of us. We just like reasons to fight. Um, 
But no, so I, I pull up and I notice right away that there's three settings on this electric fireplace. There's off and then there's heat and then there's no heat. What? And so, you know, I checked it out, and the no heat setting is just like if you want the visual effect of the fire, which I, I'm kind of like, who, why would you want the visual effect of fire without the warmth? You know, like in the summer, you're not going to want to look at a fire, you know, and in the winter, you're not going to want a visual like you want the warmth, right? So I, I turn it to the heat setting, and unfortunately, it's the same as the no heat setting. Like, there's just no heat. Um, but as I sat there looking at the flickering fake flames, I had kind of this epiphany moment of, of realizing that I actually think that a majority of the church and maybe a majority of the world in their understanding of Christianity um, is on the no heat setting. And what I mean by that is, is we can talk about God. We can talk about God's love. We can say God loves you. But if we're doing that without any expression of that love, then we're on a no-heat setting. But that's affection is the affect of love, right? And love was never meant to be without affect. Love is not a concept, it's a reality, right? That if I tell my kids, I love you, but I, I never express it, in any way that they experience the reality of it, I think I actually inoculate them to the reality of that love. And I think maybe it's really actually dangerous to talk about the love of God without expressing the love of God. I kind of wonder if maybe our life as followers of Jesus is meant to be one where we're immersed in the expression of the love of God in our lives to such a degree that it just overflows and that we can't help but be the affection of God. And if you look at the ministry of Jesus, that's what it was, right? He is someone who comes immersed in the love of the Father, and so everywhere he goes, people are experiencing the expression of the love of God. That's the amazing thing about, for me, I think, for me, I think that Jesus' superpower is not that he was God. It's that he lived in the embrace of his Father. That he knew the reality of the love of God. It was a moment-by-moment moment experience for him that positioned him to reveal that love, to express it. So, where am I going next? I want to I point to one example in the ministry of Jesus where I see this. Um, and you're probably familiar with this story. But in Mark chapter 2, there's a leper that comes to Jesus, right? And he says, if you're willing, you can make me clean. And that statement is a really interesting statement, you know? That tells me that this guy is not questioning whether or not Jesus is capable of healing him. He's questioning whether or not Jesus is willing. Right? And this is someone, you got to think about the context of a leper, right? That 
he's been isolated for a long time, that nobody wants to come near him. He's supposed to announce that he's a leper anytime he's within earshot of somebody, right? And not only is he kind of seen as a threat, people are afraid of him, but he's also like kind of a, uh, a shameful speck in the community. Like they're ashamed of him. And that's what he experiences. So there's a serious deficit of affection for this leper. And right now he's breaking the rules and he's approaching Jesus. And he's saying, if you're willing, you can make me clean. And Jesus responds with affection, right? First, just the fact that he sees him and he's moved, says he's moved with compassion. That he sees the pain of this this guy and it grieves him, right? That's affection. But then he doesn't stop there. He heals him. And what's interesting about that story is he didn't have to touch the man. But we're told specifically that Jesus reached out and he touched the man. Why did he do that? Because that was a part of the healing, right? It wasn't just the the physical healing. It was the healing of, of believing that you're not worth love. No, you are. I want you to experience the reality of it. And so that's what we're invited into, which, which by the way, side note, um, if you read John 1, and I don't know, Neil's probably taught on it. I know he's taught on the book of John multiple times since I've known him here. Um, but if you read John 1, it's, it's not your typical Christmas text, right? But it's the closest thing uh, John has to a Christmas story. And it's this mysterious introduction to God coming in the flesh, right? And at the end of this mysterious introduction is uh, verse 18 says, No one has ever seen God, the only God, and some manuscripts say the only Son, who is at the Father's side. He has made him known. And if you look at your footnotes in your Bible for that phrase, at the Father's side, it actually literally means in the bosom of the Father. That's how John describes Jesus. He's the one who is in the bosom of the Father. In other words, he lives in the embrace of the Father, right? Have you guys ever heard of the hormone oxytocin? Yes? It's, some people call it the cuddle hormone. It's, like, it's a hormone that's released in your body when you experience a hug, is what it is. I like to call it hugsytocin. I like to get me some hugsytocin. If you're going to tell me you love me, you better be ready to show me some affection. Smother me with kisses or a hug or a pat on the shoulder. I'll also take an affirming word. You know, there's all kinds of ways that we can express affection. But I think that God actually hardwired us to need affection. He created us in such a way that we would need it. He did that because he intended to fill it. And if God is, in fact, love, as he says he is, I think that God is really eager to express affection. So if you have not had an experience of affection, man, I I just want to stop right there and, and I just want to say that the Father wants you to know. And not only know intellectually, he wants you to know with your whole being the reality of his love. 
And so I, I just want to even just pause right now real quick. Anybody who has not, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but, but if that's you, if, if you feel like, man, I do, I, want, I need more of a sense of an experience of his love. I have prayed that prayer, and he's responded. But praying that prayer is really uncomfortable. It's really vulnerable to say that you are lacking affection. It's incredibly a vulnerable thing because you're in danger of being rejected. And so it actually takes faith to pray a prayer like that. And so if that's you, you know, maybe just in your heart, would you just be willing right now to just say, Lord, I, I need a deeper experience of your affection. Would you do that for me? And would you open my eyes? Would you make me sensitive so that I wouldn't miss it? However you express your love, that I would experience it. And Father, I just thank you that that's your heart. And so I just pray right now that your Holy Spirit would rest on anyone who's praying that prayer. That Holy Spirit, your job is to make what was available for Jesus available for us. That we would experience the embrace of the Father. And I pray right now uh, that, that uh, each person in this room who's asking that, that you would respond, that you would move and that you would open the eyes of their heart, that they would perceive your affection, whether it's a physical sensation or a thought that comes to their mind or maybe some affirmation that someone has said over them and they quickly dismissed it. Amen. So, this whole thing of look, listen, respond. Really, this is just a practical tool that if you, if you want to live a life where you get to be an overflow of the affection of God, that this is a way that you can do it. Which, by the way, real quick, uh, uh, John chapter 5, um, Jesus uh, heals someone and he's being questioned about it. And something he said really stands out to me. He says, the Father loves the Son and shows him everything he does. And what Jesus is saying is, he's actually saying that this is actually um, a way that God shows his affection to Jesus, is that the Father shows Jesus what he's doing so that Jesus can step into it and do work with his dad. That's, a, that's an expression of affection, right? And that's something that we're invited into, that the Father is working, he's always working, and he wants to bring you into it. Not because he wants you to do a bunch of work for him, but because that's an expression of your relationship with him. That you get to walk with the Father. You get to see what he's doing and step into it with him. And I'm telling you, there's so much life on that. You, you will experience the affection of the Father when you see what he's doing and you step into it. So what, what do we mean by look? We mean look. Like, just pay attention. That's all, that's all we're saying. Is that the Spirit is moving God is working, and so looking is just, it's just a commitment to say, God, I know that you're working right now. Show me what you're doing. That any place that you step into, whether it's a grocery store or a restaurant or a family gathering for Christmas, it's stepping into the doorway, and as you step in saying, God, I want to be attentive to what you're doing, and I want to partner with you here. And so when you do that, he starts to open your eyes. He starts to help you uh, to take note of, of places where he's moving so that you can partner. Uh, so for me, it was at a, a Burger King one time uh, that I stepped in. And you guys familiar with Revive Ohio? 
Um, so Revive Ohio came to Champaign County a while back where I'm at, and uh, we went out, and some of us went to Burger King. And uh, so I went in, and I just, as I stepped into Burger King, I said, Lord, show me what you're doing. And I, I didn't have, you know, any, you know, beaming light from the sky or anything like that, but I just noticed my attention being drawn to this older lady who was sitting with uh, three kids, probably, they were grandkids. And so I walked over, and I just made small talk with them. I just talked with them and talked about whatever. And I, I had kids their age, so that was an easy point of contact. I could talk with the kids. But then as I was talking, I was just kind of asking the Lord, what do you want to do? And I kept having the thought about this lady's back. Again, there was no clear voice from the Lord that said, ask her about her back. Sometimes it happens that way, but it was just like I kept thinking about her back. And so I just asked her, hey, do you have any pain in your back? And she said, yeah, how did you know that? And I said, are you having trouble sleeping? She said, yes. And I, I said, I think that God wants to heal your back right now. Is it okay if I pray for you? Yes. Okay, and I, I prayed a simple prayer. And uh, it, wasn't, it wasn't instant, but a couple prayers later, her pain was completely gone. And her, her kids, you know, yeah, that's, no, that's good. That's awesome. Her, her kids, as kids do, like we're just ignoring the conversation and ignoring the prayer. But then when she started to emotionally respond, they're like, what just happened? So, so then I got to share the, the gospel with them. And all four of them came to Christ. And not only that, what made it even funner was that because we were with Revive Ohio, I don't know if you guys ever saw the, the baptism mobile, but we had it in the parking lot. And so then I explained, do you guys ever heard of baptism? And they're like, yeah. And so I explained, this is what baptism is. Which, by the way, is there anybody that's in the room that's getting baptized today? Here, I, I want to tell you that think about baptism in terms of this whole thing of affection. That, that, that it's not just you're, you're you know, dying and being raised to new life. But the word baptize means to immerse. And that's really what, baptism is, is actually a picture of the life that you're stepping into. That in the same way that Jesus lives in the embrace of the Father, as you're being dunked into that water, you're being dunked into the love of God. That you are stepping more fully because you're choosing to into the embrace of the Father. And so I just want to encourage you that you get to just have that picture. That you just get to walk with a permanent hug. Now, not that that's not all the, the, already the reality, but you're going to become more aware of it as you are baptized today. So I just bless you with that, man. So this family of four gets baptized in the, the baptism mobile, and it was just so fun. They're just wearing their regular clothes, you know, and it's warm outside, so they just walked away soaking wet. Uh, it was great. So then we always have testimony time for Revive Ohio afterwards. So I, I come back and I share the testimony, and... Uh, there's this uh, lady who is super shy, and he hear, she hears the testimony, and she feels really convicted because she's been avoiding going out on the outings. And so she decides, the next day I'm going out on an outing, and I'm going to go in Kyle's group. And the next day comes, and it's time for outings, and she runs for the door. She doesn't go on an outing. The next day, she says, okay, this time I'm going to do it. And so she does it. And so we, our little group gathers before we go out. 
And we, uh, this is just what I, what I do when I take people on an outing. I say, we're just gonna, we're just gonna pray and we're gonna invite the Holy Spirit and we're gonna wait on him. And we're gonna ask him, Lord, is there anything specific you wanna say to us before we go out? And it might be that he just wants to say something to you about you, not anything about ministry today. He just wants you to know how he feels about you or maybe he wants to speak to something specifically that you're dealing with. Or it might be that he does give you some sense of direction about our ministry today. Maybe he'll give you a clue as to who you're going to minister to. Or he might give you a word that you're going to share and you don't know who it's for yet. And you just hold on to it and you wait with it. Which, by the way, this moves us to our next one, uh, listen. And this really, listening, like if, and by the way, I think this is the most important muscle for any believer. It's just learning to listen. It's, to, it's learning to anticipate that God does speak and, and that his words do, in fact, have life. And, and we have access to his words all the time. Right? And so, like, let's just cultivate that and anticipate that, right? And, and so, if you want to cultivate that, super simple thing you can do is just ask questions. Is there anything you want to say to me today? Sometimes I'll ask him a question, and then he'll say, no, ask me this instead. Oh, Okay. So I ask him that, and then he answers that question. But just ask questions. Ask him things. Ask him open-ended questions. Or if you struggle with hearing him, ask him yes or no questions. That's a good place to start because those are easier to hear. And you just kind of get a sense of, I think maybe he's saying yes. It's always helpful to ask somebody else, maybe who's a little further along in their journey of hearing his voice, for their feedback, but that's one thing you can do. So back to this story. This lady comes, and she's in my group, and we're having that moment of pause and just, Lord, anything you want to say? And a couple people are sharing a couple different things that they're hearing. And then I looked at her. Her name was Carrie. And I said, Carrie, are you hearing anything? She goes, no. I said, nothing at all? She said, well, I just see the color yellow. I'm like, okay, good. Just take note of that, okay? Hold on to that. So then we go out, and we're walking around in this neighborhood, and we pass a house that's yellow. And she points at it, and she says, the house is yellow. I'm like, yeah, it is. What does that mean? She's like, I don't know. So we walk past it. And then we're walking back just to get to the car. We walk past that yellow house again. And this time, in the driveway, there are, there's a couple, and they're doing some work in the driveway. And so I said, Carrie, do you think that we're supposed to go talk to those people? She's like, no. I said, it's the yellow house. You pointed it out. You heard the word yellow. Okay, maybe, but I'm not talking to them. Okay, that's fine. I'll initiate. And so I walk, we walked up, and I said, hey, I'm Kyle. We're with, you know, yada, yada. And, uh, and they introduced themselves, and the wife says, my name's Carrie. And I look at her, and her face just like, all of a sudden, she's beaming. And this confidence, I watch. I just kind of took a step back. And she stepped into this place of confidence. And she said, my name's Carrie, too. And then she, I don't know if you are, how familiar you are with Revive Ohio, but they give you the colorful wristbands. And they kind of, it's just a way that you can simply explain the gospel. And so Carrie hands her a wristband. And the lady, it's perfect. It was just like textbook. The lady's like, well, what do these colors mean? Carrie's like, let me tell you. And so Carrie shares the gospel with this lady, and she comes to Christ. 
But let me tell you, that never would have happened if Carrie didn't take the time and to listen and, and then to honor what she heard and say, I think I maybe heard yellow. And that honoring that and naming it out loud brought her to a place of confidence in the moment that she needed it. Do you understand? But that's what listening does. When we cultivate that anticipation and expectation and we listen for his voice, then when we hear him, and sometimes it's so subtle, and we have to be willing to recognize it when it's subtle. And let me tell you that most of the time, you will not be 100% confident that it's from the Lord. In fact, you might be 15% confident that it's from the Lord. But you have to be willing to say, 15% is good enough. Because if I'm wrong and it wasn't yellow but it was orange, what's the worst that's going to happen? It's an awkward and uncomfortable moment. I have had a number of them and I've decided that I'm not afraid of them anymore. Awkward and uncomfortable moments are okay. I've been around Neil. <laughs> Do you know how many awkward and uncomfortable moments where he says a joke and I'm like, uh-huh. <laughs> but but when you learn to honor the voice of the Lord and step out and say, I think maybe it's you and I'm willing to risk it. He so values that, that, that he will start speaking to you more and that 15% will become 20. It might not ever get past 30. <laughs> I, I haven't had many experiences where it was more than 30. And I, I want to tell you that, you know, you, you can hear stories from Brian Blount or Neil or me or whoever else about successful moments where someone gets healed or someone comes to Christ. But I promise you, we've had many, many other moments where it's not, it doesn't go that way. And what I do, if I walk up to someone in Kroger and I say, hey, I'm sorry to bother you, but is your knee bothering you? And they go, no. I'll say, awesome. Have a good one. You know, like, those, I heard wrong, but that doesn't bring me to a place where I conclude that I must not be able to hear from the Lord. Like, that's not how it works, right? Okay, and then lastly, we respond. Now, if you are really good at looking and listening, but you're not willing to respond, then it's not really worth much. It's, it's not really worth anything. You know, Jesus says, anyone who hears my words and does not put them into practice, it's like you're building a house on sand. It's really pointless. There has to be a willingness to respond. I can't tell you how many times I have been in a hurry. I've been running late to an, a meeting, and the Lord says, and those tend to be the times that are over 30%, <laughs> where the Lord says, I want you to stop for them and pray for them. Ah, are you serious, Lord? And sometimes, like, it's not because I want to see someone healed or ministered to. It's just like, Lord, I, I value my relationship with you. And so because of that, I'll, I'll stop. And those tend to be really powerful experiences, by the way. I think that the Lord loves to test uh, how much we're surrendered to him. So we have to be willing to respond. We have to be willing to do something with, with what we, we're sensing or we're hearing, we're perceiving. Now, here in just a minute, I'm actually, I, 
if, if we're going to talk about not just understanding concepts, but actually stepping into them, that I want to give you an opportunity for that. And so I'm going to, we're going to just like do that. We're going to wait on the Lord. We're going to invite the Holy Spirit and we're going to ask him, is there anything that you want to say to me? Is there anything that you uh, want to tell me? Or is there any clue of someone that you might want to minister to? And it might be somebody in the room that the Lord prompts you to minister to. It might not. It might be the color yellow. And you, he's just inviting you to hold on to that and to, to pay attention, to be attentive wherever you go. And if you see somebody wearing a yellow shirt, say, Lord, is that you? And if you feel like, I think maybe, then just go ahead. Go start a conversation and see what God does. Right? So I think that one of the reasons why we struggle to respond is because we, we, we don't like it when it's not 100% confidence that it's the Lord. And it's almost like we think that if it's not God and I step out, then I'm going to really screw things up. The whole universe will be ruined if I go and approach somebody and it's not the Lord, right? That's just ridiculous. And I think we're also kind of, we're afraid that it's not going to go well. And what if that person walks away liking God less because of me? I just want to tell you that you're not that powerful. You... You're not as capable of messing it up as you think you are. God's capacity to love is bigger than your capacity to screw it up. As, as money bore witness to this morning. So I, I was walking uh, downtown in Urbana and I uh, saw this guy, kind of just a rough looking dude. And uh, I... Um, I don't know that I would say I felt prompted to pray for him. I, I think I just felt drawn to him. And I think sometimes that's the Lord, like where you just have like an emotional response where you see somebody. And uh, that's good. Like compassion is from God. So you, that you can respond to that too. But I, I felt drawn to him and I didn't know what to say. I didn't have any sense of like praying for something specific. So I just, when, I, when that happens, I'm like, hey, I'm just wondering if there's anything that I can pray for you for. And he, he looked at me and he was like, no. I was like, okay, that's fine. We'll have a good one. And I walked away. And that was the end of that. And I didn't think anything more of it. But then a couple months later, I'm walking downtown again. And I turn the corner. And I almost run into him. And he, he looks at me and like, he goes, are you that guy that prays for people? I'm like, yeah, I like that. Yes, I am. And he said, can you pray for me? I'm like, Yeah. Absolutely. And he opened up. He opened up his heart, and he, he talked about how addiction is messing him up again. He's falling back into it, and his girlfriend is leaving him, and it's just a mess. And I, I just said, well, let's just pray right here, right now. And he was just like raw. He was vulnerable. And, uh, and I, I just waited, and then I said, his name was Doug. I said, Doug, I feel like God wants to give you a gift today, that he wants to give you peace, and he wants you to know that you don't have to do anything to receive it. It's a gift with no strings attached. You don't need to do anything in response. You don't have to do anything to earn it. He just really wants to give you his peace right now, and so his peace is coming on you right now. 
And he starts sobbing. And, and that began a multi, multi-year relationship with him. He's since moved to Tennessee. But he eventually came to Christ. He came to an event here in this church with me one night. It was a, it was a deliverance event. He got delivered. Uh, he came to my church. We do testimony time in my church. He came to my church, and he, uh, we invited, you know, it was just open for anybody. And we hand the mic, and he raised his hand, and I'm like, here you go, Doug. What do you want to say? He cussed during his testimony. <laughs> but it was so beautiful. It was so good. And he was just talking about, like, he's experiencing Jesus, you know? And the people in the room, in my church, uh, God bless them. Like, they're not offended by the fact. Nobody even batted an eye when he cussed. Like, they just went with it because they saw what was happening. That's so beautiful. That's, that's what we get to be as the body is. We just get to be a safe place where, where people experience the love of God. And you get, to, you get to be fully who you are. Isn't that good? So let's, let's just take a minute right now. And would you be willing, even before we start, would you be willing to commit that if you are sensing anything from the Lord, that you would respond. You don't have to make a big show of it. Uh, and uh, let me just ask, how do you guys normally end service? Do you, you do ministry? Time? Awesome. So I don't know uh, if we want to have music in the background or whatever makes sense. Um, we don't really need it, but uh, it's all good. Awesome. So ministry team, if you want to do that, you can. But I want you guys to do this too. Maybe I'll, I'll say this. How about we just spend a couple minutes just waiting? And anybody on the ministry team, uh, if you want to come up kind of after you take a moment and, and listen yourself, you can do that. And, uh, and we'll just see what the Lord does. But I want to encourage you that even if you send something that you feel like is not necessarily for someone in this room, I want you to tell someone in this room about it. That I, you know, because Carrie needed to say to me, I was seeing the color yellow. She needed to verbalize that in order for that to take up more space in her brain. Does that make sense? So I want you to do that too, that if the Lord's giving you anything, that you tell your spouse or tell someone sitting close to you what you're sensing, so that, because that kind of gives you a little bit more of a sense of responsibility. Okay, I've talked enough. So Jesus, you are so good. Lord, I thank you that you have opened up a, a, a realm to us that you operated in, this realm of the affection of the Father. Lord, I thank you that we get to step into that place, uh, first and foremost, just for ourselves, that we would experience the love of the Father. But I thank you, Lord, that you also bring us into the work that you're doing. And so, God, I thank you that each and every person here in this room has uh, a world around them that they are enabled uh, to impact with your affection, with your love, with your voice, with your grace, with your power. And God, I, I pray right now that you would, that your Holy Spirit would just confirm that personally for each and every person, that you have a direct connection with the Father that enables you to reveal his heart that in fact you have a unique connection 
that enables you to reveal his heart in your unique way, in your unique skin, with your unique voice. So I just bless that reality of your uniqueness and the grace in your connection with the Father. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed this message. For more information about our church, visit vineyardnorthridge.org or find us on social media at Vineyard Northridge.